Well, good noonday Wednesday to all of you. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I hope that you're having a, a good Wednesday, and may the Lord bless you. We continue to talk these days about uh, persisting under pressure. Seems like pressures in life just are always around us, on us. But I hope in the midst of your pressures today that you are experiencing God's grace and love and and His power and His help. That's what God designs for us in this world. We will have pressure. We will have trouble. But what did the Lord say? Rejoice, I've overcome the world. Because He's overcome the world, He helps us to overcome even in our troubles. Well, today we finish up uh, this uh, series. We've been talking for a while about uh, persisting under pressure. Uh, next week, I'm just going to do a little wrap-up with you on some of the lessons we've learned. Uh, and then we'll move on to some other things in the days ahead. I'm so glad that you joined me. Thank you for sharing uh, this uh, devotional ideas or thoughts with uh, your friends. And I hope they've been a blessing to you wherever you find yourself each week. Today we talk about uh, persisting under the pressure of failure. Now I'm going to say right off the top, I'm a professional when it comes to failures and I've had a lot of experience with failure. Maybe you're on my team. Maybe you've had the same experience of uh, repeated failures throughout your life. That's actually a good thing, as we'll see today, because it makes us dependent on God. Too much success can produce pride and lead in the wrong direction. But when we fail, oh, the lessons we learn but nevertheless, there are some really painful uh, struggles that go with failure, and sometimes they last for a long time. And I hope that today, in looking at what we'll be looking at, you'll be encouraged and find uh, the ability to persist uh, under the failures that you've already experienced and get ready. Uh, there'll be those times of stumbling and of failing in the days ahead also. I was thinking about just the, uh, the difficulties of failure in the life of people. Let's just talk about the pressure of failure for a moment. I, I jotted down a few things. You know, it's interesting what we spend our time thinking about. I, I, would, uh, I would venture to say that probably all of us think more about our failures uh, than we do about our successes. I, I just think it's the natural condition of our minds. And frankly, people remind us more about our failures than they do our successes. And uh, so we, we have those things, they just get pushed on us and we feel them and we think about them a lot. But there's probably nothing as shameful as making a commitment, and it's a sincere commitment, and then failing to keep a commitment. Now, I'm not talking about when we've lied and said, well, you know, yes, I'll do that, but we don't really mean to do it. I'm talking about there's nothing more shameful, more painful than when I make a genuine, sincere commitment, I'm going to do something, and lo and behold, I don't keep the commitment. That's a terrible failure, and uh, it has such shame and pain associated with it. Just think about it when you fail somebody when you've made a commitment to them and it's genuine, you fail them, you cause that, uh, that other person to lose trust. And lost trust from a friend or from a loved one 
from uh, a worker or somebody else, uh, your boss, I, I don't know, wh whoever it might be, when you lose that trust because you have failed to keep a commitment, that's a really hard thing to overcome. You know, failure causes all kinds of personal embarrassment and disappointment. Uh, all kinds of emotions flood into our lives. Uh, when, we've, when we've failed to keep a commitment, which means we failed others or we failed to do for someone else what we said we'd do. I would say this to you as your pastor. I've seen it many times. I hope it's not going to be true for you, but you know, there are a lot of people who carry lifelong bitterness and defeat and actual depression because they have not overcome their failures and asked God to help them. And they just keep reliving and reliving and reliving these times of failure. Well, where do we go to get some help on this? Where do we hear God's word on this? Well, I've got somebody who was famous for uh, putting his foot in his mouth, and that is Peter the Apostle. Peter was always one of those who could uh, uh, say things that <laughs> weren't always the best to say. And here we read one of those sad, sad times where Peter uh, failed the Lord Jesus in a commitment he had made. There in the upper room, they were talking about so many things, and the Lord said that he was going to soon die. And the Lord Jesus said, I'm in Luke chapter 22. We're going to use the Apostle Peter as an example of how he failed in his commitment to Christ and his he failed in his commitment to confess Jesus as his Lord in uh, public places when he should have stood for the Lord. Well, in Luke 22, we read the Lord saying some wonderful words, tender words, but also warning words to Peter. Uh, Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But this is the sweet verse, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail you, and once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. That sounds a little strange. Once you've turned again. Now here's Peter's commitment. But Peter said to, to the Lord, Lord, with you, I am ready to go both to prison and to death. John records that Peter says, I will lay down my life for you. And the Lord said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times that you have known me. Well, then we go over to Luke. 22, uh, 56, they had arrested the Lord Jesus and taken him <clears throat> to the house of the high priest. And in verse number 56, they're sitting around the fire. It's now dark. And the Lord there is in that outer area of the high priest's um, uh, courtyard, uh, standing trial, a mock trial. And let me just read these verses. This is Luke twenty-two fifty-six. A servant girl, seeing Peter as he sat in the firelight, and looking intently at him said, This man was with him too. But he, that is Peter, denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. There's number one failure, number one denial. A little later, another saw him and said, You're one of them too. 
But Peter said, man, I am not. There's denial number two. After about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, while the words of the last denial of Christ were coming out of his mouth, a rooster crowed. And then we read these sad words. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And here's the verse, verse 62. He went out and wept bitterly. He went out and wept bitterly. Peter made a public commitment to suffer and die with Christ. That's what he says in verse number 33. Uh, Lord, I am ready to go both to prison and to death. When we come to know Jesus Christ, we make a commitment like that. We, use, we, we sing it a lot. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll take my cross and follow him. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Look, we do make these sincere commitments. I believe Peter was as sincere as he could be making this commitment to Jesus Christ. I think he believed it with all of his heart. I think he intended to do it with all of his heart. But the Lord knows our hearts. He knows the weaknesses we face. He knows the pressure that was about to come with him being arrested and soon to be crucified. He knew what was going to be happening. What did he say here? Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. That's what the devil seeks to try to do to destroy our witness for Christ. I'm speaking to all my Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, wherever you are, whatever you're facing, Satan's attempt is to destroy the credibility of our witness. And so Peter he makes this public commitment to suffer and die for Christ. He said it in front of the other disciples. Now, we don't, we don't know if any of the rest of them said, us too, Lord, yes, we're with him. But Peter says it publicly. We've made public commitments, haven't we? That we're going to follow Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed to be his disciples. But you know what? We stumble. Sometimes the pressure is really hard. The pressure is really hard to stand for Jesus Christ in the days in which we live. And lo and behold, like Peter... He genuinely desired to do this, but he failed to show courage. He lost his courage, and he was confronted by three different people. And what does he say? First, he says, I do not know him. Can you imagine? What, what an embarrassing, terrible statement. Peter, I don't know who this man is. I don't know Jesus Christ. I don't, I'm not a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm not one of them. And finally, I don't even know what you're talking about, as if he doesn't even know what's going on. Oh, the failure of Peter in this moment. It was so sad. And then he saw the Lord. I have no idea how to read that. Uh, there's been a lot of conjecture. So when the Lord looked at him, what did he do? Well, did he look at him with uh, sadness? Did he look at him with forgiveness? We don't know. Uh, we certainly know the Lord didn't look at him with anger. The Lord had already told him he was going to do this. I can't help but believe that the Lord looked at him with assurance that he still loved him. I think that's what it is. How wonderful it is that we serve a God who loves us, listen, even when we fail him. I'm so grateful for that.
because I've experienced that in my life many times. When I have failed the Lord, when I've failed to walk with God as I should, when I've failed not to live in holiness, when I've failed not to be a witness for Christ, and the Lord graciously forgives. Well, let's um, let's look at this. This shame and embarrassment and grief just overwhelmed Peter, and he went out and wept bitterly. What happens when you fail? You find usually you go off by yourself, and you just you grieve deeply about your failure. Now, some of you are living with some hard, hard failures in your past. It may not be related to your witness for Christ directly, but I want to ask you some things. As we start to think about how we believe God's Word around this, have you ever failed to be a witness for Christ in some situation? Maybe you remember it well. I can remember those times. Or maybe you've had some other failure in your life. Look, friends, life is filled with all kinds of circumstances where we mean to do right. But failure comes. It could be failure in work. You know, something happened at your job, a job you really loved, and you weren't able to keep that job. You you failed there. Maybe you failed somehow with your children or grandchildren or in some uh, in your marriage or in some relationship with a friend or what. Look, I can't. It's an endless list of things I could describe to you today about how we fail. The fact of the matter is, I'm not talking to anybody here, or you're not hearing me speak to you today that hasn't experienced failure. Every one of us, if this is good news, every one of us lives with past failures. Sincerely, we've sought to do what God wanted us to do, but we failed to do it. We failed to live up to God's Word. Well, as we think about it today, I wonder if you're allowing, though, your failure to drive you to um, to despair and, and difficulty. Well, I want you to think for just a moment as, we, as we're as we talking together about this wonderful verse, uh, these wonderful words of the Lord, I have prayed for you, Luke 22, 32. What's the answer to failure? Here's the good news. The Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest. He intercedes for us at the right hand of God. Even when I have failed him, even when the church has failed him, he is our intercessor. That encourages me today that He always represents us before God the Father, even in our failures. I'm so grateful. He says, I have prayed for you, Peter. Listen, that your faith may not fail. Don't allow your failures to destroy your faith in God. Don't allow your failures to destroy your faith in God. You say, well, I'm ashamed of myself, and I should have trusted God better. You should have, but you didn't. But now the Lord says, I have prayed that your faith will not fail. And when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. It's interesting. The Lord tells him what to do when he fails before he fails. Isn't that interesting? That, that to me is fascinating here. He tells him what to do and what to do after he comes back from his failure. And Peter, he certainly came back from his failure, didn't he? You see, the good news is that there is forgiveness with God when we repent. And that's the phrase here. Once you have turned again. What I have to be willing to do is come to God and say, "I've, I've done these things, Lord. I've failed you. And the Lord promised that as he repented, that he would give him strength. And by faith, he would be strong again. And then you know what he's to do? 
strengthen his brothers. So I'm trying to do this today for as one man who has failed to another who's living with failure. You can trust God again, and God will forgive you again. Oh, you say, Pastor Mike, I've done it too many times. I've failed God over and over again. So have I. So has everyone who's ever walked with God. Don't lose your faith because of your failures. Don't lose your faith because of your failures. This is what we learned from Peter. And Peter uh, P- Peter was deeply sorrowful. He went to his own house. When the Lord was crucified, it just says, John, he went to his own house. Oh, he was in such sadness. And it's interesting to note that Paul says that one of the resurrection appearances of the Lord Jesus was to Peter personally. Can you imagine what that must have been like? When Peter saw the Lord and they personally spoke when he was raised from the dead. You see, the Lord Jesus lifted him up, encouraged him, and reminded him, I am still with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be in despair. Come back and walk with me. And what did Peter do? Full of the Holy Spirit and Acts. He preached the first gospel sermon and 3,000 people were saved. He responded and God used him again, even though he had greatly failed the Lord. Well, what do we do with all this? How do we live today God's word? Well, I I think I would just encourage you to, to do this. If you're hung on your failure, you can't seem to get it out of your mind. Or the devil brings it up. You know how it is. Our mind works with the evil one. And, oh, he brings it to you. He says, look, you're not a very good follower of Jesus. Look how you fail. Okay? You have to admit your failure to God. You confess it to God. You ask for forgiveness. And you know what? Once he forgives you, it's done. Resist the attacks of the evil one. Once you have dealt with your a confession of your failure, move on. Yes, it's your sin. It's a failure of it, that's, that's sin before your eyes and it grieves you, but you've got to say to the Lord, forgive me. I'm turning and I believe you'll forgive my sins and then encourage somebody else. Every one of us today could do this. You could write a note. You could do a text. You could go visit somebody. You could see them. Maybe they're in your family. Go see somebody you know who's struggling with their failures. Go see them. Talk to them. One person who knows what it's like to fail talking to another person who's failing, there's nothing more encouraging to that. That's what I believe that the Lord was saying here. Once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Look, strengthen your brothers and sisters. This is for all of us to do. We come alongside each other. We ask for forgiveness. God forgives us. We stand back on our feet. We walk with God, but we go find another brother or sister who's in the depths of despair about their own failures. Maybe it's a great failure. Maybe it's a public failure. And everybody knows about it. Okay. Even people who have publicly failed need somebody who would encourage them and care about them. That might be you. Perhaps that's what God wants you to do today, to strengthen your brothers. When you and I, as people who have failed, encourage somebody in their failures, I believe God uses it for His glory and for His purposes. And finally, I would only say this to you. Rest in this assurance. Rest in this assurance. We have a great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who intercedes for us at the right hand of God. He is praying for us today. He is representing us today. Our righteousness is His righteousness, and He is there. Uh, The anchor of our hope, the anchor for our life, my hopefulness, is anchored in Jesus Christ, who is there in glory, risen, ascended, seated 
as our high priest king for the glory of God until he comes again. Well, here's what Paul said about this. Uh, Romans 8, 34. Who is the one who condemns? Now, you know, when you fail, you can be condemned, can't you? Oh, yeah. You condemn yourself and others can condemn you. Who is the one who condemns? Listen, here's good news. Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for these words. Thank you for the story of Peter. He greatly failed, but he repented greatly, and he believed God again through the Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and did great things for you. The same is true for us who follow you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our high priest intercessor. We thank you for praying for us today even as we feel the sifting attacks of the devil trying to take us apart and discredit us. How I pray for all my friends today who have struggled with failures in their past. May they give them to you. May they trust you to forgive them and rejoice that you have forgiven them and raise them up so that we can strengthen one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you for being with me today. It's been a pleasure for us to be together. Share this with your friends, and I hope to see you tonight if you're in the area for our worship time. Wednesday night's always exciting at First Baptist Church, or perhaps Sunday as we continue to think about as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.